0: The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use the promo code SGP to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course... Don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. You are listening to... The EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter. That's at SGP Soccer, at SGP Soccer. Also, for my additional content, check out my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com, where we are flying towards our 101st month of Transparent Track Profit. I have a 100 months of track profit in the bank. That means for over eight years, I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting. And that 100 month delivered my clients 41 units. And 41 units equates to 4,100 pound, which equates to over $5,500. I would sign up at the start of next month. One thing about this service is that I use Patreon. It allows me to be fully tracked and transparent. And allows members to comment on all of my PL spreadsheets, which are all posted at the lockbetting.com site. The previous month, the 100th month, is the pin tweet at the at, at the uh, SGP Soccer Twitter account. And that's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Look at the pin tweet. That is the 100th month. But all the other PLs are posted at lockbetting.com. But that transparency means I use a service like Patreon, which bills you at the start of every month. So if you do sign up now, you will get only a week and a bit of the service before you are billed again on November the 1st. But wait till November the first, if I was you, tons of stuff in November, domestic soccer, Champions League, international soccer, tennis, the NBA is back, we've got the MLB, and of course, we're well into the NFL season, Uh, WWE, boxing, UFC as well, all over at Lockbetting.com. Now, last month, uh, last show, sorry, we did something special with the hashtag RespectSoccer, We overwhelmingly got to those 50 likes and comments super quick. Now, some people were confused when I said I will drop you a bonus lock and thought it would be immediately for the Champions League the very next day. I wasn't even tracking the likes and the comments and counting them on the Wednesday. So that was never going to be for the Champions League. I may have even said it. I, I, I'm not sure if I did, but I wasn't thinking that through and uh, I never expected it to get there that quickly. But this was a real big thing that caught the attention of Ryan and Sean. They just saw these likes coming in immediately um, about 30 minutes to an hour after the show. We already had 12 or 15, between 12 and 15. So yeah, that was, that was really successful. So I'm going to do a little bit more than that. We are going to do a double lock on this show, first and foremost, so an extra lock here on this show. And I am going to drop the lockbetting.com exclusive European show on the feed here for you guys for free this week. Now, the format of the European show is the same ...as the international shows you get here, which is the same as the Europa League show that we drop exclusively over at Lockbetting.com, which was very successful for us yesterday. We look at the entire landscape of the European games from the weekend, the European slate for the games that we, for the league, sorry, that we don't cover here, which is Italy and England, because we have Scamessa Italia and the EPL show, so we exclude those... We look at the Bundesliga, we look at the Liga, we look at the French League, we look at the uh, Dutch League, we look at Portugal, and we narrow the podcast down to somewhere between 5 and 10 picks. So it is kind of like getting premium plays on a singular podcast, and I'm going to drop that here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast for you guys for free. So I'm not going to be getting paid for it. And um, it should be, as I said, behind my lockbetting.com paywall. Probably not going to make my lockbetting.com guys happy. But look, these guys are riding a 100 months of profit and they're getting profitable podcasts on a week-to-week basis. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big issue. You guys deserve it. Hashtag Respect Soccer was very successful, caught the attention of Ryan and Sean, who had to do an entire bit On their NFL show, acknowledging the Soccer Gambling podcast and the lock record that we have here across this season, and we look to continue that here with the EPL show here, closing out with a double lock at the end of the show. Now, before we start with these games, let me address the elephant in the room. Uh, Sounds like an elephant in the room. Sounds like I'm in an elephant. It's the acoustics here of my hotel room. Now I am away in Manchester and um, I'm away here for five days watching two Man United games. The um, the first one almost killed me on Wednesday. That's why we should be doing a Man United podcast. There's nothing like being a Red. There's nothing like supporting Man United. In fact, that should be the name of the podcast. There's nothing like being a Red. Uh, it's a great name, actually. I should, um, I should um, get the copyright on that now. But the point is, is that they are the third most supported sports franchise in the world behind the Yankees and the Cowboys who are first and the the number one most supported and followed soccer team on the planet. So it makes much more sense for me to do that show, much more drama than supporting the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Although I would argue if you are generally a Philadelphia sports fan, the Philadelphia Sports Podcast is the way to go. Just dropping that out there for for Ryan and Sean. If anybody is a um, is a gambling expert who supports all of the Philly teams all year round, that is the podcast to do because that fucking place is a disaster. But um, but yeah, Man United podcast. Uh, you saw why we should do it alone on on Wednesday. Total game of two halves. Um, aided in me losing my voice. Temporarily, which I am getting back today, but my voice isn't the reason why this podcast sounds shitty, it's the acoustics of this hotel room. I did a podcast yesterday in my car. I went down to my car to do a very quick Europa League show, which sounded better than this because I was aware of the acoustics. But here, where I need my, my laptop and my notes and everything like that, I need space to do the show. I decided that I needed to be comfortable in order to do this show, um, which I, which I basically just do by pushing record. I have everything out in front of me. I have my laptop. I have all of my notes and uh, I just press record. This doesn't go into editing. I just do a lot of this show with the notes I have and then using information um, that's already in my mind along with a mixture of gut handicapping as well. That's how I do it. I could easily do do this show live. In fact, I did do many shows live at one point over at Locker Room when we were affiliated with Locker Room so uh, there's no tricks here there's no nothing it's just me pushing the record button and talking soccer and i felt like me being comfortable was more important than a little bit of a dip in the sound it's just awful that this hotel room sounds like this why would a hotel room sound like this it doesn't make any sense um it's a decent hotel as well but the acoustics as i said are awful and um I really did consider going to sit in my car to do the rest of the show. I'm going to stop it at certain points and go back and listen. And if all of a sudden you hear a complete change of sound, it means I have gone into my car to actually go and record the rest of this podcast, deciding that me being comfortable and having all of my things around me that I used to record podcasts, I've taken a bad seat and the sound was just so awful. But I'm going to push through here and uh, you're going to have to deal with these terrible acoustics here of the uh, Novotel Hotel in Manchester. Um, Starting with this Friday game between Arsenal and Aston Villa. Arsenal are the 10-11 favourites to win this game. It's 13-5 on the draw and it's 3-1 here on Aston Villa. Aston Villa had a disastrous result last week um, against Wolves. They were 2-0 up. Cruising to victory, cruising to victory on the money line. Oh, what's even better is like the acoustics are terrible, and someone on the other side of my door, one of the cleaners, has decided to start hoovering. Uh, that's going to be fun when they go past my door. I'm going to have to stop for a bit when that happens. Um, yeah, Aston Villa disastrously gave away a 2 0 lead, not only to draw, but to lose in the Midlands Derby against Wolves, and they did it with just 10 minutes left. They're going to need. A big performance here. And they could get it here against an Arsenal side who scraped to a 2-2 draw at home to Crystal Palace. So many Arsenal fans thought after losing the first three games, they had made a recovery. Well, we're seeing that Arsenal are far from on the right path after that result against uh, Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace. would have been very embarrassing if Palace had gone in there, managed by Patrick Vieira and beaten Arsenal. I think this will be a game where both teams find the net as I don't trust these defences. And uh, I also like Aston Villa to come away from something here in this game. I continually talk about how Aston Villa's signings have made them a better side without Jack Grealish. Obviously, Grealish is better than everybody that they've bought in, but bringing in that many players does give you better squad depth, which is something you need here in the EPL and at times... They have gelled pretty well. Obviously, this is a team that have come away to Manchester United and won. And I think it almost suits them to have less of the ball and to break away on teams with the pace they have. And this could be their advantage in this game, which could even see them winning this game against Arsenal tonight. Aston Villa have won each of their last three meetings with Arsenal. and Arsenal have only won three of their last eight Premier League games this season. The Gunners have also drawn each of their last two matches. So there could be value here in the draw as well. But I like being safe and taking Villa on the double chance in case they win this game. Villa have beaten Arsenal 1-0 in two of their last three Premier League clashes. And both teams have scored in four of Aston Villa's eight Premier League games so far this season as an additional piece of data. So Aston Villa on the double chance market here at Arsenal. And that one is available at 10-11, to 11, minus 110. Up next, we look at Chelsea at home to Norwich, where Chelsea are now the one to five favourites. It's eleven to two to draw, and it's sixteen to one on Norwich. Saw this at one to eight, and it's moved obviously because Lukaku is injured and not playing in this game. is going to be out for a bit. Um, I don't think he warrants that kind of move. Chelsea were comfortably winning games like this last season and keeping clean sheets while they're not free scoring. Um, Lukaku being out doesn't affect their defence at all. And suddenly it doesn't make Norwich a potent attack who are going to threaten Chelsea during this game. I still think this is going to be a comfortable afternoon or comfortable um, morning for you guys in the US. ...for Chelsea tomorrow as they win this game without conceding. Chelsea have won six of their eight Premier League games this season... ...winning five of them without conceding. Norwich are without a win now in 18 consecutive top-flight matches... ...losing 16 of them. They have managed to claw a couple of draws together as of late... ...but this team is still going down. They have failed to score in any of their away games this season... ...so it's very difficult for me to believe that your first goal of the season away from home is going to come at Chelsea, who are arguably the best defence in the Premier League under a manager who came in last season and kept 11 clean sheets in his 19 Premier League games. Norwich themselves have failed to keep a clean sheet in eight of their last 10 Premier League games against Chelsea. And uh, four of Norwich's last six Premier League away games have actually ended with under two and a half goals. So that kind of leads way to why Chelsea won't massacre them and why a handicap kind of gets scary here if you're looking at laying minus two and a half or even minus two, something like that. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to take Chelsea to win to nil. It's available at four to five and that's going to be your play here for this game. And I think that is a solid one. Up next, we move on to the Newcastle game. They travel to Crystal Palace where Palace are the 10 to 11 favourites. Five to two to draw and three to one on Newcastle. We catch the future on Steve Bruce being the next manager to go over at Lockbetting.com. The Saudi owners were obviously not interested in keeping him. And uh, I think they gave him that 1,000th game as a gesture. But I don't think the gesture was appreciated. The The fans were singing, you'll be sacked in the morning when Newcastle were 3-1 down against Tottenham. Went on to lose that game 3-2. I don't think they did too badly. periods, Newcastle looked good. But you can see what Bruce was trying to do. He was trying to make this team more entertaining because he was trying to keep his job but at the other end of the pitch Newcastle who were previously more defensively solid than they they were towards the end of Bruce's run came to pieces they showed that they couldn't be that attacking team that left themselves wide open at the back and Tottenham ripped them to pieces as have many teams uh, including Manchester United when Newcastle went to Old Trafford so it'll be interesting to see how they play in this game I can see Crystal Palace winning this game here at home Palace aren't usually a home team that you want to take but I think Crystal Palace can get the win here I think the stronger place to take both teams to score even if Newcastle are a little bit more cagey the data is overwhelming both teams have scored in seven of Newcastle's last eight Premier League games this season Uh, both teams have scored in each of Palace's last three league matches and these two sides have played out four 2-2 draws between them this season combined so that's pretty strong data. Um, there have actually been over two and a half goals also in four of Palace's last six Premier League home matches and Palace have won two of the last three Premier League games with Newcastle by a single goal. So additional stuff there um, sort of backing up the place and uh, I'm going to lean both teams to score but uh, I wouldn't dissuade you from taking Palace on the money line here. It makes it... Um, Hard for me to see Newcastle suddenly getting stuff together with Bruce going and a, and a caretaker manager coming in who was there really the whole time during Bruce's regime and pretty much implemented and had the same thoughts and ideas. I don't see how this massively differentiates with the, uh, with Bruce moving on. Up next, we look at Everton versus Watford where Everton are six favourites, 14 to 5 the draw and 92 off Watford. Both these teams coming off bad results last week. Everton lost at home to West Ham, although their squad is depleted. That was disappointing because that was their first home defeat of the season and the end of their 100% record at home, whereas Watford started life under Claudio Ranieri by being dismantled by Liverpool. Uh, Adding weight to my, my thought that Claudio Ranieri might not be the right man here to to do things here for Watford and get them out of this relegation scrap. Yes, he won the league with Leicester, but don't forget the next season after winning the league, he was sacked as the Leicester manager and um, he's been very up and down with his jobs since then. I think this could be another defeat here for Watford. Everton have won three of their four Premier League games this season. Watford have lost to Neil five times in the league so far this season and Everton have won 12 of the last 14 home games against Watford, I think Everton win this with a clean sheet, which means they're not going to be relying too much on their attacking options, whether I'm missing players, but I think the players they have when you're looking at the likes of the Wobie and Gray, I think they're enough to, and Townsend as well, enough to take this Watford team apart and get themselves the, the goals they need to win this game. Watford have failed to score in five of their last seven Premier League matches and five of Watford's last seven Premier League games have ended with under two and a half goals. So if this game is nicked, I'm going to take the team that can score goals at home here, which is Everton, even with their missing players, rather than the team that have shown that they are incapable of scoring away from home. Good value here on Everton at four to six minus 150. Line that's moved because of the injuries, but I think Everton, Everton, sorry, will be able to overcome them here against Watford, much like they did when they played at home to Norwich and uh, a lock that we had earlier on in the season. Up next, we look at a game here between Leeds and Wolves, where Leeds are the eleven eight favourites. It's twenty three to ten to draw. And it's nine five on Wolves. Wolves came back from the dead last week, and suddenly we're seeing lines here that are inflated to suggest that this team are going to be involved in a game where there's going to be loads of goals. Now, they have been involved in loads of games where their expected goals have been high, but they've generally not been able to put the ball in the back of the net. So I find it difficult to see loads of goals are flowing here all of a sudden. And Leeds, they're seen as the big entertainers. They're seen as a team who are involved in games that involve loads of goals but the statistical data over the last few weeks or or at least this season doesn't support Leeds being that team they've been far more conservative Um, they've been pressing less they don't look like the same team that put loads of pressure on you and if they don't start picking up points in games that they should win like this one they are going to be involved in a relegation scrap and they are most definitely going to be a bottom half team. I don't see any reason not to take the under here. I'm going to go for under two and a half goals. Prior to Wolves scoring those three goals against Aston Villa, they were an under team. And uh, Leeds have pretty much been an under team throughout this entire season. With uh, four of their last five games actually going under two and a half goals. So I'm going to play the under two and a half goals here. It's 10 to 11 yes and 10 to 11 no. That's inflated by Wolves's comeback. And capitulation of Aston Villa last league and inflated by the fact that Leeds still have this um, this reputation of, uh, of being this attacking team that are involved with games with goals. And I think the bookies think it's inevitable that Leeds, despite the data, will become that team again. But they look very different. As I said, the intensity isn't there and uh, the results aren't there either. And um, they could struggle unless they start to win games like this. So under two and a half goals to play for this one. Up next, you've got Southampton versus Burnley, where again under two and a half goals is the play I'm looking at. Southampton are available even to win this game. It's twelve to five the draw, and it's three to one here on Burnley. Southampton have been a solid under team this season. Before last week's win against Leeds, who we just spoke about, Southampton had failed to score in three of their last four matches. They've now failed to score in three of their last five, but they only scored one goal last week. The under two and a half goals has landed in each of Southampton's home game so far this season and that was obviously maintained last week. I see no reason to come off the play here this week. I think Burnley are a team who still at their core will set up defensively whenever they can and this is a season where, I've said this a few times, Burnley really look like they are going to get relegated. Um, Last week though against Manchester City they put up more of a fight Keeping Manchester City down to 2-0 was an improvement, which shows I think Sean Dyche has identified that this defence really needs to to tighten things up. And I think they'll come here looking not to get beat and looking to nick the game, which just makes this your your even more typical Southampton game. Whereas usually at Southampton, being more conservative at home, looking for their openings, uh, now you're going to see two cagey teams sitting back, looking to create very few chances here in this game. I think this sails... Under two and a half goals, I have no doubt in my mind. Obviously, you're going to have to lay juice here. With this supporting data, you're going to have to lay juice on the price. But it's definitely not as much as you would think. The under two and a half goals here is available at four to five. And the over two and a half goals here is available at even money. And uh, I'm definitely going to be taking the under here in this one. Moving on to the final game on Saturday. It's Man City. They're travelling to Brighton. Where they are the two to five favourites to win this game. It's 15 to four here on the draw, and it's 15 to two here on Brighton. Brighton have had a good season so far, but I think this is a solid price on Manchester City, seeing what they did last uh, in midweek, sorry, away to Club Bruges. They absolutely took that team to pieces. Once the first goal came, the game opened up, and Club Bruges decided to chase the equaliser, and they got absolutely rip to pieces. And that's what Manchester City force you to do. They dominate ball possession. They knock, they knock, they knock on the door. They score the first goal. And then if you decide to open the game up, Burnley didn't last week, Club Bruges did in the week, and you'll see the difference. And I think Brighton will play with a lot more pride here, given their start to the season. Once Manchester City do get that opening goal, I think all all doors are open for Manchester City to win this game by a much bigger score on, on the... ...on the Asian handicap line. Or, of course, you could see um, Brighton getting that equaliser that they're chasing. But I'm more confident in this Manchester City defence being able to um, keep Brighton at bay... ...once Brighton decide to, to chase this game a little bit more. And Brighton are a team who like to play good football... So they could be on the front foot from the offset, which means that we may not even see this um, defensive block from the very beginning. We may not see them paying this huge respect to Manchester City like many teams do. So we could see an attacking game from the very start. And in which case, Manchester City are just an unbelievably better version of Brighton. Brighton are a team who to his credit under Graham Potter, try and play a certain brand of football. It is the Manchester City brand of football. That's what Brighton tried to do. But they haven't got a single player who's good enough to be in the Manchester City squad, let alone the team. There's no Brighton players that I would take. So this is a complete mismatch. Good football works for Brighton when they're playing against the, the lower teams. But you're playing a team here who play the same brand of football as you, but play it much, much better. This has the makings of a pretty bad scoreline for, for Brighton. If the game plays out the way I think it will. Obviously we could see something different. We could just see Manchester City failing to take chances. And setting a high expected goals total here. And not making it come to fruition. And Brighton's luck may be in. That's football. That's how it can work some days. But on paper looking at the stylistic matchup here, with Manchester City being just a better version of Brighton and doing everything better than Brighton. They pass better, they create more chances, they're better defensive, they have a better goalkeeper, they have a better players, they have better finishers, they have a better conversion rate. I mean, just just better manager, just everything here points to Manchester City, just overwhelming Brighton here. I'm going to take Manchester City minus one. This is a play that pushes if Man City win by a single goal, but cashes if Manchester City win by two, or more. And that takes your price here to 8 to 11 on this play. If you want to actually play the minus 1.5 Asian handicap line, you can get plus money on that at 6 to 5. I'm going to be conservative. I'm going to middle between the minus 1.5 Asian handicap and Man City money line, take the 8 to 11 here in this game. Moving on to the three games on Sunday, which includes Man United. But we begin with Brentford at home to Leicester, where Brentford are available 8-5. to to 5 on the draw and it's 13-8 on Leicester. This is a difficult game for, for me to call. I saw Leicester last week um, take Man United apart. They played really well in doing so. And then they beat Spartak Moscow in midweek by four goals to three. So this team are free scoring at the moment. They scored eight goals in their last two. But are they going to be a little bit mentally fatigued after two big wins? And as for Brentford, they absolutely dominated Chelsea and couldn't put the ball in the net. I don't think that continues for a second week in a row. This team create too many chances not to score. And I don't think Leicester go from scoring four in two consecutive games to suddenly not scoring at all. The no-brainer play here is both teams to score. And both teams to score here is available at 7-10 to 10 here in this game. Up next, you've got two teams that played in Europe yesterday in West Ham and Tottenham. West Ham are the 5 to 4 favorites to win this game. It's 12 to 5 on the draw and it's 2 to 1 on Tottenham. With West Ham being 5 to 4 favorites, the immediate value is to take Spurs at 8 to 13 not to lose here against West Ham. No matter how well West Ham have done in the last couple of years under David Moyes. I don't see them as a 5-4 favourite to beat Tottenham. Tottenham are still the better team. Tottenham still have a much more highly valued squad. Tottenham still have players that would walk into the West Ham team. And whereas West Ham do have a lot more players, I think, would play for Tottenham here. When you're looking at Ben Rama, you're looking at Declan Rice, um, you're even maybe looking at Kurt Zuma. I still think Tottenham are by far the better team on their day. And if this is their day, if both of these teams turn up here in this spot, Tottenham should actually win this game. I think there's massive appeal on Tottenham as an underdog. There's appeal to taking them Tottenham as a pick here at six to five. And uh, your safest play has to be on Tottenham to avoid a defeat. Tottenham have been very up and down this season, but at the end of the day, they have got themselves into the, the top five. They are above Man United in the league so far this season, whereas they started top and then they had a little dip where they suddenly had three wins and three losses, they have bounced back from that once again. So you have to credit the manager and the players. Harry Kane got back into goal-scoring form last week, getting a goal against Newcastle. Son is back as well. And uh, all of these players rested against Patissi Arnhem so when you rest players you put yourselves under pressure to do well in your next game Um, and Tottenham are under that pressure now they had a bad result in the conference league they're now third in their group in the conference league so some work to do to qualify it'd be unbelievable if someone like Tottenham or Roma went out in the group stage but neither of them are doing amazingly the two favourites to win the conference league so they need to sort out their problems there but I think first of all if Tottenham are going to pick a team like that they need to come away way to West Ham here and get something and I think they'll get something so Tottenham here at 8 to 13 on the double chance market to avoid a defeat against West Ham here on Sunday final game is Manchester United versus Liverpool where Man United off the back of beating Atalanta are the two to one underdogs here in this game. It's thirteen to five on the draw, and it's eleven to ten on Liverpool, who won away to Atletico Madrids in midweek. I think you need to throw your data and research and everything out the window here. Anything can happen in this game. Um, Given the games between all the teams in the top six last season, this could actually play out to be a nil-nil. So you can even disregard the data where Man United have conceded in every game this season except one and have scored in every game this season except one. I mean, they have been... A red hot over and both teams to score team. Whereas Liverpool have been as well. Liverpool's defence haven't set the world on fire this season. And they're a team that like to play a a brand of uh, attacking football, which leaves them susceptible to concede at the back. And, um, we wonder how many they would concede if they didn't have Van Dyke and and Alisson in goal. Well, we saw the results last season, um, without Van Dyke and that almost led a, led to a indifference to Liverpool because suddenly when they lost faith in their backline, their pressing became half arsed. And they weren't attacking properly and they weren't defending properly. And we saw a run of results where Liverpool completely lost their identity. Well, they've come out of that so far this season. They've looked very, very strong. I still think their problem's going to be the African Nations as to why they're not a title contender. Man United should be a title contender, but I still think their problem is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But as predicted on the Champions League show... Oleg and Solskjaer gets out of jail when, when his back is against the wall. And I still think his back is against the wall. I don't think beating Atalanta and losing to Liverpool here necessarily saves his job. Obviously, the manner of the defeat will be important. Uh, and for me, if we're going to lose this game for Liverpool, we may as well lose it big. Because I think that's the way that we get the manager out. Obviously, I'll make it clear... My ideal scenario here is for Oleg and Solskjaer to suddenly just go on a crazy winning streak and the players just start to play for it. We've seen that before. We've seen managers out of nowhere who have no right to win things win things. We saw it with Roberto Di Matteo winning the Champions League with Chelsea. That happens. That happened. He came in as a caretaker and won it. And and Ole and Solskjaer has the players here. If anybody has the players here, it's Solskjaer. Because I made a comparison on one of my podcasts this week where I said there's not too much difference in Man United and PSG this season. They're both doing the same things wrong. They've both signed a player they didn't need. One signed Messi, one signed Ronaldo, where their problems lay elsewhere. Mainly in their um, defensive midfield for Man U and defensively for, for PSG, I would say. But... Still, they signed these uh, superstar Galactico players and they didn't really address the issues. And you can see that it hasn't quite clicked for both teams. I'm sure that Man United can have a 100% home record in the French League. I'm sure that even on a bad day, they could blitz teams there like PSG have. But in the Champions League, PSG have struggled. And Man United have struggled against good EPL teams because the EPL is the best league in the world. But... Ole Gunnar finds results when he shouldn't find results. And it wouldn't surprise me if the players are just massively motivated here to win this game. Players like big games. Players get up for big games. And this is a huge game that Man United could get up for here. Both teams to score isn't worth backing because it's at one to two. Uh, If you are going to add to this play, I would add the over two and a half goals. It was a play for us that cashed in the Man United atalanta game. And look, this game could be a game where this is done by half-time. Both teams to score at over two and a half goals could be cashed by half-time. The value is certainly there at four to five, given the statistical data. Uh, I also like Man United here at seven to 10 to be able to avoid a defeat in this game. Uh, I'm not going to be stupid enough and and have that supporter bias to take us to win this game. But I'm simply going to, use my guts here and just say this manager continuously with his back up against the wall finds result and he's done it with with less with lesser teams than this this is a strong man united team when you're looking at this front line of ronaldo and greenwood and cavani and sancho and rashford and lingard and Martial. It's just unbelievably strong. There isn't a squad like that in world football that have that much attacking talent, that much pace, that much talent, that many goals in their lineup. Behind them, you have Pogba and Fernandes. Pogba, although he didn't quite get an assist, or he didn't get an assist, He was a game-changer. He was the one who came on and started doing things, started moving the ball around a lot quicker, started finding passes that put uh, Atalanta on the back foot uh, and led to those assists. Uh, Man United should have a a more solid defence, but at the moment, uh, we're back to the combination of Maguire and Lindelof, and that scares me with those guys playing against against Mo Salah and the way wan has defended so far this season. I'm scared of this Liverpool team putting up a big scoreline. I just don't think they will. So, May night here on the double chance, um, I think will be a lean, uh, but obviously looking at the data here, looking at the number of goals Liverpool have scored, they've scored 22 goals. In their five away games so far, this actually—if you add the um, Atletico Madrid game, which I haven't done here on this data—it's gone up to 25 in six in their away games so far this season. So there's absolutely no re- reason to expect Man United to be able to keep Liverpool out here. I just hope they keep them out enough to get a positive result from this game here—the game of the week on Sunday. Closing out with your lock on the show, let me reiterate what I'm doing. Thank you so much for getting hashtag respect soccer off the ground, Um, really sent a message so the guys had to acknowledge it on their own show as they got those 50 tweets and uh, 50 likes coming through easily. So you're going to get an extra lock here on the show. We're going to do a double lock and I'm going to drop a bonus podcast. You are going to get the European show, usually exclusive on lockbetting.com for free this week. ...on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Your number one lock is going to be Chelsea to nil. Norwich haven't scored away from home so so far this season. Don't see them scoring here against the Chelsea team... um, ...who are one of the best defences in the Premier League. Yes, they don't have Lukaku... ...but that's not going to affect their defence. And uh, the other game I'm going to take here is Manchester City minus one. If this pushes... If this pushes if Manchester City just win by a single goal, I will give you a, another double lock next, next week. In fact, even if it loses, I will give you another double lock next week. Bad matchup here. Brighton plays the same style as Manchester City, and I think once the first goal goes in, they'll attack too much. It will leave them susceptible to concede another. So Manchester City minus one at eight to eleven, and of course Chelsea two nil. So we uh, have got through the show. I managed to stay in my hotel. I made the decision that the acoustics weren't bad enough for me to stop mid-show and make the trip down to my car. However, Scamessa Italia and the free bonus European show you guys are going to get, I am going to start and finish those shows in my car. I'll try and keep them shorter than normal. Uh, Scamessa is usually only about twenty minutes anyway, and the the European show is usually between ten and fifteen. So. I can make the sacrifice. I can go and sit in my car in the cold for 35 minutes and do the shows there to avoid these kind of acoustics. But obviously, I needed my comforts. I needed my laptop. I needed all my paperwork here for the EPL show, the um, the main show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. But I won't be doing any more shows from this hotel. And I can safely say, based on this experience, I won't be staying at the Novotel Manchester ever again. So that's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.